quick intro before the intro. If you've got your phone in your hand, what I want you to do is hit subscribe. If you're on Spotify or Apple, follow whichever one. Subscribe, follow. It's all good. And it will super duper help us climb up the rankings and do our thing. And if you have got time, leave a review as well. That will be super duper nice. But if you like Techish, if you F with us, if you enjoy whatever we're doing, it would be a great help. All right. Yo, everyone, welcome back to Brand New Techish in the Building. It's me, Michael Bahane, and I am with the amazing... Abadesi in the house. Abadesi in the house. No, nothing, man. Have you been listening to either of the Kanye or the Drake projects? Do you have any perspective on that? Or is that like too hip for you now? Literally, the day the Drake album dropped, I was just, I just happened to be listening to BBC Radio 1. And like, I don't even usually listen to BBC Radio 1, but I was just like, let me just change it up while I'm getting ready in the morning. And it was like, drizzy everything, drizzy everything. Then I got onto Twitter. Twitter, people were already changing their usernames to his lyrics. And I was just like, man, this guy. I mean, do you know what? Respect for the culture. He's yeah. probably one of the most best selling rappers of all time now. And he black. Well, at least half. So I'm gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, I so take I, it. So Certified Lover Boy is now officially the most streamed album in a single day on Spotify. Damn. Yeah, so he beat Kanye quite significantly. However, his second day streams experienced a much larger drop than Kanye's project. So his churn is not good. You know what I'm saying? To put my tech out <laughs> on. It's a high churn. But yeah, you're right, man. He's got the culture in the palm of his hands. He don't miss, like, I saw all these corporations copying his album cover. I don't know if you saw it, like the, the pregnant ladies. So I don't know if you saw it. All these corporations, Adobe, everyone was just like just what? copying it and doing their own version of it. He should have released it as an NFT. He would have made millions or maybe even more, hundreds of millions. But yeah, shout out to Drake. He's got the culture in the palm of his hands. He's, he, he beat Kanye, unfortunately. Well, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think I feel like Drake... Drake's been a mainstream guy for a while. Like he might have like come up many moons ago yeah. in the hip hop game, but he transitioned into like full blown pop years ago. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the airtime that he got and that's the radio play that he got. And like, like, like moms know Drake lyrics. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he, he's at that point. So I'm not surprised. Whereas Ye, Ye's never quite made it to the point where, you know, moms on the school yeah. run singing along. Well, some cool moms. But, yeah, I saw I saw like a kind of controversial take that I agree with that basically like you could take any song from Drake's recent album and put it on his previous albums. Like he doesn't really change the formula. It's always that kind of mm. F-boy toxic masculinity. I love you, but I don't love you. I don't want to be with you, but I got to do my own thing rap. And like he doesn't really evolve. Like someone said he's a bit like the new iPhone. It's always slightly tweaked, but you know exactly what you're going to get and it's going to be great, right? <laughs> Whereas with Kanye, he's more of an artist. He's going to try different things and it's going to be hit and miss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like look at like Yeezus, 808s and Heartbreak. It's very much like, even sometimes that people hate it at the time, they love it in, in, in retrospect. So yeah, it's two different artists, man. And I hope they can squash their beef actually because I think it's kind of pathetic. They're almost 40. Like stop it now. They're beefing? Yeah, that's a whole other story. They don't oh, like each other at all. That's part of the reason classic. why the album, yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, let's stick to our tech bag. So <laughs> apparently now TikTok has overtaken YouTube for average watch time in the US and UK. Ooh, so this is only based on the green bubble people. I call them Android people. It's not iOS data just yet. But it does seem now like that TikTok is a more... It's a, it's a more addictive product. It's, it's more... Yeah, it's more sticky. Like whatever word you want to use. I did see an insight where someone says that they actually find when they use TikTok, they find themselves regretting that time spent much more than they do with YouTube. So like if you spent mm. two hours on TikTok, you're just like, where the hell did that time go, bro? Like, I don't even know what I saw here. I just started <laughs> scrolling. I went into a trance. Whereas with YouTube, it's, you know, like sometimes you might see something educational or choose what you want to watch. You might search something out. Whereas yeah. with TikTok, it's like, 
Where are you taking me, right? Um, <laughs> but then with TikTok, I don't think it's got the alt-right pipeline. YouTube's got that alt-right pipeline. You might go in there looking for like uh, a motivational speaker. <laughs> then you get put to Jordan Peterson. Then it's Ben Shapiro. Then you're in the alt-right. I don't think TikTok mm. has that problem right now. They seem to control the content a lot more. Like, what's your thoughts on the TikTok versus YouTube? Okay, debate? well, like- first of all, I'd never end up with alt-right people in my YouTube algorithm. <laughs> so I don't know what you were watching. What if TED Talks? Okay. Yeah. Then it's like Ian Van Zandt. Okay. Then it's like, yeah, Bell Hooks. It's just black women. It's okay. black women. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Asian women, occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And queer people. But yeah. Anyway, TikTok. I mean, it's funny because I have been known to go down a TikTok black hole, mm. usually because like a lot of the fo- people that I, I follow on TikTok are funny. So I'm not even on there pretending to educate myself. Right, I'm just yeah. there like, what's what's happening? That's funny right now. And then, you know, it's just so nice to laugh, isn't it? And especially because usually you're reading the news and you're like, oh, that's depressing. That's depressing. Like, oh, and then suddenly yeah. you're laughing. So yeah, TikTok for me is definitely like a place where I go for like comic relief. Yeah. Whereas YouTube, like I actually do, I learn stuff on YouTube. I've, I feel like I can't compare those two just yet especially because i'm usually watching youtube on a laptop or on my Mm. tv like on my app whereas tiktok is only for mobile so yeah like i i i don't i see them as completely separate things okay interesting tiktok is something i'd go on instead of instagram because instagram very rarely makes me laugh you know what actually so i tweeted it out i said i no longer go on instagram stories because there's only two emotions that it can produce i have a fomo you're like shit everyone's having a good time Why am I not invited? Or B, it's just boredom. I don't want to see your food. Like I've seen, like I've seen food before. Like I don't want, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, let me just, yeah, I've seen food before. I don't need to see like, oh, you're at a cafe, like great, right? You know what I'm saying? Or the the other option, which is like, why am I not invited, right? So like, oh, I'm missing out or I'm, you know what I mean? So I said, no more. Instagram stories, let me see my mood. How does it regulate my mood? I, I've been feeling a lot better, honestly. I don't miss that product mm. at all. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like sometimes you've got to look at a product and or a certain feature within a product and say, how is this shit making me feel? What is the emotion I'm getting out of this product? Mm. And if it's like 99% of the time, it's not good, just ixnay, leave it alone and see how you feel. That's would you miss Instagram if it was gone? I would miss it as a business person because I still think there's some value <laughs> yeah. there, like for my company accounts. As a and consumer. As, as a consumer, I would get over it and I would use TikTok. Would or you I would miss use, TikTok? I think right now, I think I would. Yes, right now, I think I would. Right now, TikTok wow. is TikTok is basically giving me the biggest bang for it for my buck in terms of like laughs and just like just mindless entertainment and having fun. You basic. Yeah, you basically, basic. right? You know what I'm saying? And I think it's everyone is. Everyone is, right? You know what I'm saying? Everyone's got that thing. There's very few people that are actually like so intelligent they can't go into that monkey brain and just watch nonsense, right? And that's why TikTok is the biggest, it's going to be the biggest social media app in the world as far as I'm concerned. It probably is already. I don't know about the data. Facebook was once. Way. Yeah. Rest in peace, Facebook. That's how it goes. 10 years from now, they'll be like, TikTok, what? Speaking of unicorns, by the way, because we're in London, mm-hmm. we got to shout out some London unicorns earlier this month because we on. didn't even mention it on the show. But the virtual platform Hopin, which mm-hmm. many of you would have interacted with during lockdown and during the pandemic, raised a Series D earlier, mm-hmm. a $450 million Series D at wow. a $7.75 billion valuation. Johnny, who I've had the pleasure of meeting in London, is only 27. He's a billionaire on paper. But <laughs> this is so awesome and so, so exciting because Hoppin has like not even been around that long. Like I remember meeting up with him. This is like late 2019, just to talk about an event we were thinking of doing at Product Hunt. And at that point he was just like, we're still building, like some things don't even work. And But it was cool, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was just timing. Yeah. It just shows the importance of timing. Like we do not talk about timing enough when it comes to success. But the fact that he could come out with this like mm. interactive platform for hosting events, 
right at a time when people were struggling to find a place to host events and very quickly landed mm. like some big tech conferences. You know, even as the world is opening up, one of the reasons why they, you know, were able to raise this round is because they believe that the future is hybrid events, right? You can right. reach a greater audience. Not everyone can travel, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, $7.75 billion operation. Team has grown from like 50 to 600 in the last year. It's crazy. Like the only time I witnessed growth like that firsthand was when I worked at Groupon 10 years ago before the IPO. So I really feel like Hopin is on its way to an exit and that's so exciting. So go That's team. amazing. So you had lunch with the dude and two years later, he's a billionaire basically. Look at you. I, I like, literally, I'm like, why didn't I invest in that guy? And to be fair, <laughs> To be fair, he was already being hunted down by like the top VCs in the world. So I doubt he was going to take my tiny angel check. But yeah. you know when a part of you is just like, damn, damn, yeah, son. All right. Yeah. All right. I you know see what you. though? I see you. I think you, whenever you like try to speak to investors, they'll always say it's your idea. Like, why now? Like, why now is your idea a good idea? Because I think sometimes as founders, you can get caught up in a technology and, you know, oh, technology is great and it's fascinating. Like crypto, I, I, it's to me, crypto is a lot a lot of like technology in search of a solution. It's like this really cool thing. We've got this blockchain, but like now we can figure out like what do we do with it, right? Whereas <laughs> with Hopin, it's like the why now question is so easily answered. We're in a global pandemic. Everyone can't go anywhere. It's here, right? With Uber, it was like we have smartphones now. Therefore, all the other taxi startups didn't make sense. Now we can just connect to you with, a, with your taxi driver. We've got your GPS. It's like we've got everything you need now, basically, right? So think about why now. Don't just think about your idea in isolation. Like, what is it about today's environment that makes your startup relevant where maybe once before it wasn't? Because if it was always relevant, somebody else would have done it. So speaking of Facebook, actually, they got in a whole heap of trouble. They had to come out and apologize because I think a few weeks ago, the New York Times reported that they were labeling videos featuring black men as primates. Now, if you recollect, oh, actually, Google Photos had a similar issue where they were labeling black people as gorillas. It's come up a time and time again. Big techs, AI, deep learning, you know, algorithms, they, they, they still can't get it right. They're still making that same mistake. Is this like they don't care to put the resources into it? You know, they're lazy, like... What is this? Maybe we need AI experts to tell me, like, how can this not be fixed? Because surely when this <laughs> Google Photos thing happened, I think it's 2015. Yeah. Somebody was like, yo, let's just make sure this shit don't happen again because it's not a good look. Because I think the only solution they ever do is, is say, we now take away the tag of gorillas. Like, that no longer is accessible, mm. basically. They don't actually fix the problem, which is that your deep learning software is fugazi. It doesn't work. I mean, I think it's like a bunch of different things. I think it's the fact that a lot of neural network training that happens right now is still like super manual and like probably mm -hmm. means like some parts of it are like super lazy or like there are shortcuts. Like, for example, I know that when I'm using Chrome browser and I'm I get this, you know, web page that's like prove you're not a robot. I'm participating in training neural networks. Like I yep. understand that. Now, in all fairness, it seems like I'm only ever training the robots to tell the difference between a traffic light or not, right, or yeah. a crossroads or not. Mm -hmm. I've never been asked to tell the difference between a primate or a man. Yeah. Controversial. But if that's what it's gonna take, I'll do it. Uh, yeah. because, you know, it feels like important work. I think, secondly, it's just that lack of representation. I mean, we always come back to the same thing, right? But this is like one of those issues I've had in my life before where, like, I've I've walked away from companies because those, those people couldn't understand why it was not okay to touch my hair without my permission. Like, I literally mm -hmm. remember having conversations right. with white guys who would be like, I wouldn't mind if you just touched my hair. And 
it's like, it doesn't matter whether you personally in this moment would not mind. What matters is that it's happening and like mm -hmm. what that means when it's happening and it's okay isn't being understood and isn't being mm -hmm. talked about. And in a similar way, I feel like, you know, a black person with all the, like, I mean, where does it even stop? Like black footballers getting bananas thrown at them, like slavery mm -hmm. times, people being called monkeys, all this kind of stuff, whatever. The fact that we know it's not cool for them to be labeled gorillas, primates, whatever. And then it's like, oh, we'll just remove the word. No, you're not fixing the problem. There's probably someone there who was like, that's not so bad, is it? Mm -hmm. Like, right. you're obviously not a gorilla, so why does it matter if the computer thinks you're a gorilla? You know what I mean? And, like, it's the same kind of way how the freaking autonomous vehicles in that Georgia State University study running over black people. Like, oops, mm -hmm. I didn't recognize them. It's not so bad, is it? We've got mm -hmm. a self-driving car. Is it such a big deal if they can't see everybody? I, I mean, so to now, me, yes, very yeah, big deal. Course. But to some, clearly, not a big deal. And that is very concerning. And that is why we have this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I've got a quote here. So in April, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission said that and warned that if AI tools, which have demonstrated troubling racial and gender biases, may be in violation of consumer protection laws, and if they're used for decision-making processes for credit, housing, and employment, we will have to hold these companies accountable, basically. So they are saying, like, if you don't hold yourself accountable, be ready for the FTC to do it. And that's why oversight is important, because... Like we remember that story with DHH and his wife trying to get a credit card and there was a black box and yeah. we really realized like why is Apple's credit card denying his wife access to the credit card but he's getting okayed and Apple couldn't tell you why because the software they were using wasn't transparent enough for them to figure out like why are you rejecting mm. like you know his wife and then even Amazon had a, a tool that they were using that was actually stopping women's CV from getting past a certain process so their resume was getting rejected and they couldn't figure out why and then when they blocked the gender from being a sorting tool it was doing the exact same thing but this time with words so men would use words like execute and like decisive mm. and like women would use those words less so often and then the tool yeah. was coming up to the same conclusion which is that men were getting pushed through a lot more than women wow. so this shit will have repercussions for all our lives you're trying to go to the bank they're going to be like sorry we're not going to give you uh, you know a loan and we can't tell you why the AI says no and yeah it's crazy I hope the FTC does look into this because I don't think the companies are doing enough it's been like so many years but we've been talking about this problem and ain't shit changed yeah this episode is sponsored by the Duckbill Group the Duckbill Group help companies fix their AWS bill by making it smaller and less horrifying they are hiring for a head of consulting services to improve and scale consulting services while the consulting business is in the AWS space you don't need to have a lot of experience with AWS to excel in this role the head of consulting looks a lot more like a business facing role than a technical one to apply to this Role, the Duckbill Group are requesting 1. Prior experience managing an engineering team of individual contributors. 2. Prior experience managing and working in a small startup, i.e. less than 30 people. And 3. Legal authorization to work in the United States. The link to apply to this role is in the show notes. So if you're in the States, you've probably heard about this new law in Texas, which essentially restricts a woman's right to have an abortion. It restricts it to six weeks and then also has a provision in it where people who are individuals unrelated to the situation can sue a woman or anybody who helps facilitate an abortion and earn up to $10,000. So you could be talking about an Uber driver taking a woman to an abortion clinic. They can get sued for $10,000. Obviously, this is very concerning and terrible. Now, this is a tech show, so we're going to try and have like a different perspective that you might hear just on the news. Uber has come out and said, we will pay any taxi driver who has basically mm. been hit with this fine. And I think Lyft also has as well. I think Bumble CEO, Whitney Hurd, she's come out and said that. What she said, actually, hold on. She's created a relief fund to cover all of Got the it. abortion costs, right? Now, what people are saying is that a lot of people move to Texas, 
Elon moved to Texas. I think Joe mm. Rogan moved to Texas. All these like tech CEOs were like, Texas is the future because it's freedom and California and San Francisco is restricting our rights to do whatever we want and to make money and blah, 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 blah. They're taxing us too much. We want personal freedom. Most of these CEOs are completely silent now. They're not saying a thing. It's only basically been Bumble and like, I think Uber and Lyft, right? Most Texas CEOs have said jack shit. Like, I know you're not going to be surprised by this, but like, yeah, you're not, right? It's disappointing. It's very disappointing, right? Listen, and obviously out of the two of us, I'm probably someone who's probably more friendly to people like Elon than you are, right? Um, Understatement. But anyways, like, these people are looking good. Just don't know what to make of this. Yeah, just say something, Uh, man. You've moved your company there. And now 50% of your of the population now have their freedoms restricted. You know what I'm saying? That's your, t- yeah. that's your, that's your talent pool. You say you want to hire women. Like, what's going on? Because they're afraid. Yeah. You know what it is? They're afraid. Mm. They're afraid of speaking out against, you know, conservative with a small C. I mean, I interpret all of these actions as misogynistic. I am a woman. Uh, and the idea that, like, an unborn, you know, group of cells' lives carry greater importance than my own is deeply concerning and and makes me frustrated and angry and sad and all of those things. And it feels like cowardice. It feels like not having the courage to stand up for what you believe in. These are the very people that are defending freedom of speech when people are trying to be racist and misogynistic and hateful and transphobic and all these other kinds of things. But suddenly someone else's literally just dignity is being restricted and they're nowhere to be seen Mm. is shameful and cowardly but also unsurprising because what i've learned in this tech game is that people will drop anything in the name of wealth creation they'll drop their panties they'll drop their standards they'll drop their morals they're freaking dropkick their mama grandmama ain't nobody out there especially in that country really gonna put values ethics anything before money people will try and pretend this is a religious thing maybe they're like oh i'm actually torn about this on religion i know you're all atheists mm. i know like most big tech ceos yeah. are atheists or yeah. agnostic so it's certainly not fear of god yeah and jesus that's making them it's you money. know not challenge these new abortions it's money they don't want to like get that backlash they don't want to also what we learned during like the last president's reign is that People that hate women are very active on the internet, Mm. very active and very vocal. And people that hate women love these new laws. Mm. And like I said, like big tech doesn't want to do anything to annoy people who hate women. First of all, a lot of the people who hate women work for those companies, as we've learned over the course of the show and our own experiences in tech. Secondly, a lot of the people that hate women buy their products and their services. And a lot of the people who hate women invest in their companies. So it's just a classic thing, which makes me, you know, shame on you. Shame on all of you. We need a more compassionate version of capitalism where you lose when you don't do stuff like this. I want you getting penalties and taxes and losing customers and stuff like that. I'm watching. I'm keeping my receipts. So we'll see where my business's money goes and where my money goes. But yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I guess in theory, they should lose on talent. You know, people shouldn't really want to relocate there, right? But let's see how that works out in the end. I mean, the reason why we're saying it all comes down to money is because let's say you are Elon Musk and you've relocated from California to Texas because they've offered you a lower tax rate. Now, all of a sudden, what are you really going to do? But at least make a statement mm. and say something. At least make a statement and be like, yo, like, this is not why I moved here. I don't stand for this. Anyways, yeah, disappointing all around. Terrible. I mean, women are half of the world, y'all. Like, stand up for us. Come on. Yeah. We're more than half, actually. So watch out. If we mobilize, y'all are in trouble. Game over. 
So I feel like every week I seem to do like a China story. So this week I'm going to start calling this segment Michael on China. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so basically like this is a couple of weeks ago actually. So they have now, Chinese government has basically restricted gaming time for under 18s. They can now only play games for three hours a week, specifically online games. Now, I think if you're a parent in the West, you're probably looking at that thinking, damn, I wish that was the law here, right? <laughs> Someone like me who grew up playing games, I'm not going to say that I feel like gaming did me wrong and it, and it, and it ruined my life. Are there people now that are addicted to gaming? Is this a real problem where you mm. have to say like, yo, we need to protect our population. There is a problem with gaming addiction. I won't deny that. And I have seen reports where Chinese government is concerned about it. But what's your initial instinct with this? Is this like too onerous? Like, are you, I know you're not really a gamer, but like, do you think like... I don't even know how they're going to control that. That's, you yeah, see, so... everyone's excited about the internet and the cloud. Back in the day, I plugged my games console into my TV. Ain't no government <laughs> controlling that. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah, so how it works um... is basically that they, 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 they put the onus on the gaming companies. So where I think they're super smart is they never say, this is how you implement the law. They just say... This is the law. Gaming companies make sure that this comes into action. So it's up to the gaming companies now to enforce the fact that kids can only play for three hours. So that's going to be facial recognition, logins, whatever. And they'll figure it out because they don't yeah. want to be in break, breaking I the mean, law right. So Sure. Let's see if this actually takes effect. I mean, I think it, it, it is an epidemic to some degree. Like, you know, what is the impact of young people spending so much time in front of their screens? We've talked about it before. I mm-hmm. think wanting to get more of a sustainable, manageable relationship amongst young people with technology makes sense for like a government intervention. Like, I mm-hmm. agree that that is like a government intervention that should exist. Whether that's going to be effective or going to work, I don't know. Let's see. Also, they're probably just worried because, I mean, I know people that went to school in China and like I know how much more, you know, for lack of a better word, just like strict and regimented like schooling yeah. is like, you know, everyone knows that like person that moved over from China in their class and like already knew everything like the grades above right, you yeah. knew and yeah, then yeah, stuff yeah. and you're like, oh, snap. But, uh, um, but, but don't get twisted. Even like uh, people from Africa, like the amount, the amount of like people I knew that oh, came yeah, from yeah, Eritrea yeah. and they come, they're like, right, you man are behind. Like we, we did this like <laughs> three years ago. Like we clocked this like, I don't think we realize in the West, like how slowly they teach us maths. So yeah, I'm guessing they also just want to make sure that that, you know, time is being invested into into school you know yeah i mean hey let's wait and see we've been told off before for not having enough you know awareness of of chinese culture so this is one of those moments where i'd love our our listeners with real lived experience to let us know what they think is this going to work and is this going to help the the thing is though like i have seen tweets of people like listen you guys don't speak chinese like why do you guys talk (laughs) about this i ain't got no chinese in it like you know what i'm saying (laughs) But I think that's a bit of a flawed perspective when this is probably the most important country in the world or soon to be, right? And it's like, we are citizens of the world. So I think mm. we have a right to a perspective about... You oh, know, yeah, totally. Super, it's like, it's like, I'm not American. I talk about America all the time, right? So like, I'm talking about it from an outside perspective. I don't say, oh, this is yeah. definitely it. And, you know, 100%, this is a fact, right? But going back mm. to the story, though, there are those that have that perspective, like you said, that which is they're going to make their young workforce super productive, get them to STEM, and we're going to fall behind, right? I don't know how true that is. I feel like a lot of gamers end up becoming technologists. There's a massive overlap between technologists and true, gamers, right? And a lot, sure. and a lot yeah. of innovation, and a lot of innovation comes out of games. Like the first piece of technology that any child really interacts with are games. Like, they're like, oh, like, like I've spoken mm. to like 13 year old, 14 year olds, and I'm like, I'm a coder. And they're like, does that mean you could build games? And I was like, yeah, theoretically, I could. And that's what gets them excited, and that's what gets them to kind of yes. want to get involved, right? So it might backfire if it does get implemented. The other thing is. It's only online gaming. So, oh, right, okay. yeah. So, so I okay, feel, well. Yeah, it's only online gaming. So, I mean, so like, you think, why the distinction between playing a game by yourself versus an online game? And I think they don't want that many unregulated social spaces. So, like, mm. online gamers are just like, you know, it's very meme led culture. It's very irreverent. It's very silly. Like, if you look at Fortnite, people are just, you know, doing all kinds of silly pranks and whatever, right? I don't know the world that well, but I've seen 
documentaries sound like I sound like such a boomer when I say that, but I have seen documentaries on like 4chan and the overlap between gaming or whatever. So I feel like they're like, we don't want this unregulated social spaces. But, and who knows what they're talking about, right? Like if you are a more authoritarian Ooh, government, you don't like it, right? Suppressing just, free speech. Basically, potentially, or it's one benefit of, I'm not saying it's just the only reason, but I think yeah, it's a calculation. Yeah. And I don't think they're making a move without taking everything into account. But yeah, let's see how it goes. I know the parents are like, we want that law here, so we'll see if it works or not. <laughs> All right, everybody, that brings us to the end of another episode. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. (laughs) We on there. Techish. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. We always love to hear from you, especially if you've got an iPhone, because Apple reviews help us boost up the charts. But wherever you're listening, make sure you hit subscribe and follow and share this with a friend. Why not? Peace.